0: What's up, golfers? Welcome back to the podcast. Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner. I do golf stuff all day long, that's my career. I've earned a few awards along the way, but none of that really matters. What matters is that this podcast is a dedicated resource to help you play better golf, to understand the game better, and to debunk some of the myths that come around with uh, this kind of trendy golf media. The job of golf media is to Top, and that doesn't always necessarily make it true. So I want this to be a bit of like a documentary-style truth finder podcast where we talk about things that are really honest and just transparent. So let's dive into today. Today we're going to (laughs) do this is basically an episode of uh, we rants with Tim, golf instruction rants with Tim, golf media rants with Tim. I don't know what's a better title. You tell me. But we're going to talk about stuff that is just like a myth things that golfers might believe or things that you might hear every day on the golf course or day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever. There's a few things that really uh, just aren't factual. Now, there might be some truth to it. Anyway, we're going to dive into all that today. Rants with Tim, let's roll. Drive for show, putt for dough. Myth, not completely, kind of. Driving is actually an underrated skill. The best players in the world are the best drivers of the golf ball. They have the most combination of speed and accuracy. And if you drive it further or more accurately or some combination of both, your chances of shooting a better score are way higher. Golfers all too often get themselves in trouble off the tee with too much curvature on their golf ball, whether it be right or left, most commonly the fanned open slice that also robs them of their distance. So drive for show, putt for dough is a myth in its own kind of way. Driving the golf ball is a mega skill. You only get 14 chances to drive the golf ball in a typical round of golf, but those 14 shots perhaps have the highest correlation with your opportunity to earn your golf score. If you're in the short grass or you're giving yourselves good opportunities to hit more greens, that is the recipe for playing better golf. Putt for dough, yeah, yeah putting for dough. I would say this is the part where it's kind of myth, kind of not putting is an important skill for sure. I don't want to underrate that, but I just think that all too often driving as a whole gets overlooked. Like it's not a skill that, that, that is important for scoring. It is mega important for scoring. So I want you to know that on that note, you're swinging too fast. Myth, 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 myth. Swinging too fast is a myth. Swinging out of control, now that could be factual. The best golfers in the world, they swing the hardest. Not as hard as the world's long drive players, but relative to their peers, they swing the hardest. There are a few that do swing harder, but those few are like a handful, and those are the world long drive competitors. Speed is a really good thing. We also need a combination of speed and control. So I like saying you're swinging out of control not you're swinging too fast. There's a difference there. Subtle, but true. And I just wanted to kind of hit that vein for you real quick, because speed development is a real skill as well. And I want you to understand that having speed is an asset. The best players are the best putters. That gets thrown around a lot. There's a bit of a skewed perspective here, because what we see from players that are winning are we seeing the players that are putting the best that week. They're not the best putters consistently. The best players are the best hitters and the players that win are the players that putt the best that week in combination with hit it the best all right i don't want to call this 100 myth because it's not i just think directing your energy should be directed towards ball striking more often than most people think to play better they need to putt better the recipe for playing better golf is hitting more greens in regulation that adds up to the lowest score the most often Go hit more greens, be a great ball striker, be a great putter too. Kind of put the priority on, number one, develop that ball striking. It makes the game more fun, and it's got the best odds at helping you shoot a better score. Keeping your head down. Oh, I could rant about this one for a while. Annika Sorenstam, David Duval, Dustin Johnson, DJ. All of them will pick their head up. Now, DJ does it more with his wedges. Annika did it on every single swing. David Duval picked his head up clearly before he hit the golf ball. Now I'm not advising to pick your head up. What I'm advising is that it doesn't take your energy to think about keeping your head down. That is one thing that golfers will do 100% naturally on their own. Their head will stay down. In fact, more often than not, it will stay down too long and it will limit body rotation on the follow through side of their golf swing. that body rotation is much more harmful than if you did in fact pick your head up a little bit which you won't you won't trust me you don't need to put your energy into keeping your head down that is something you will do on your own and if that is complex to you perplexing all you need to do is make a practice swing or two and practice brushing the grass in the right place step up to your ball try to execute your shot your energy doesn't need to be on keeping your head down because if your energy is on keeping your head down It's not on something like visualizing your shot or visualizing success. All right, we only have so much energy and we gotta direct it in the right places and keeping your head down isn't the place to do that. This is a little more old school, but I wanted to talk about it because I do still see lingering effects of it and it's just not good for most golfers. You have to understand one thing about the podcast is we gotta talk to macro problems, not micro problems. Not the one in a thousand or five in a thousand people that might struggle from the opposite. We gotta talk to the majority, not the minority, more often. And if we are talking to the minority, I will specify so. Now, the advice that you need to roll your club face open with your forearms, it just doesn't need to happen. Actually, I'm gonna couple that with one more thing that was trendy from that same time period and keep your hips though. Your hips need to turn but they need to turn rotationally. They should not be sliding side to side. Rolling your club face open, not good, not cool. Tom Watson said it best that when we take the club away, we should keep the club, the sweet spot of the club, pointed at the golf ball for as long as possible. If that is hard to interpret via podcast, when you take the club away, that club should be slightly angled towards the ground. And when that club shaft is parallel to the ground, a good frame of reference is the leading edge of the club should be roughly matching your spine angle. So that leading edge should be tilted down somewhere from 15 to 30 degrees, something like that, depending on the swing, depending on the shot style, stuff like that. But the leading edge should be angled down slightly, not flared up to be at 12 o'clock or vertical or with the forearms open. Occasionally there are players that struggle with an open club face, a true, I mean a closed club face, a true closed club face in which their club face is too close to their swing path and they, create solid contact, ball-first contact. Those players do exist, but they are the minority, not the majority. Almost everyone I see every day struggles with the club face orientation that is too open. So advising them to open their club face, bad advice. Not turning your hips, bad advice. We wanna turn our hips, and more often than not, in most situations, unless a person is hyper-flexible, we wanna maximize hip turn, not minimize it, but the right kind of hip turn. The kind of hip turn in which your hips are stable, Your lower body work is sound. Yeah, we want our hips to work for us, not against us. Now, occasionally the person is hyperflexible. This would be the minority. These are typically teens and or super flexible human beings and they could potentially over rotate their hips in the backswing. That does happen. You just, it's something to be observant of. But chances are, if you're older than 30, you wanna maximize your hip turn, but you want your hips to stay still. They don't move laterally. They just turn as if there was a spike driven through it and, and they can turn as much as they want coming back and through. Now, with that said, there are pros and cons to everything, but assuming you're staying relatively stable, you can let your hips turn and burn. i right, I'm gonna throw this into the more trendy bucket of golf instruction recently. Things I hear, I don't know, maybe it's not super trendy, but I hear people talk about having too much shaft lean. Too much shaft lean in their short game or too much shaft lean when they're hitting an iron. I just don't see that being the case with the majority of golfers. Most golfers struggle with an open club face and not enough shaft lean, not the opposite. It is so rare that a player has a club face that is truly too closed, where they've started with a solid grip and overclosed it with good wrist bends, and then they've held onto the club, creating too much shaft lean through the hit. Now, I certainly have seen players that hit down with their driver, but it's more a product of an outside in swing path. It's just a story for another day, but typically speaking, ball is on the ground, you're hitting an iron, you do not struggle with too much shaft lean or a club face that's too close. Those are just very, very rare. I'm not saying it's an impossible. I'm saying that if that were the case, I would check some other things leading up to that. Anyway, y'all, this was a fun episode. I just wanted to do a little bit of uh, talk about some things that I hear a lot that just aren't productive talk for helping a player with their golf learning curve. Remember, we're talking about the majority, not the minority. There are always unique cases and caveats. And my little disclaimer is that, hey, guys, this is based on my experience. I have a lot of experience, but that is is my frame of reference for the golf lessons I've given. It's just what I see. Anyway, y'all, I want to thank you for hanging out for another podcast. Share this thing with a friend. Leave it a review. I appreciate you for hanging out. And we'll catch you back here same time, same place next week. Oh, and one little note, send me some ideas. Send me your ideas. Let me know what you got. Let me know what's what's on your mind. I don't know what you don't know. We'll catch you back.